Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Just as a way of talking about ministry first, and I want to thank you for the invitation and thank you for your support and uh, thank you for your prayers. I know you, you've been praying with us as we go out on the streets. As I talked, I talked to Dennis, I think, last about that and sent some prayer requests, and I will send more as you pray with us out on the streets. Twice a week, we go out and pray at places of pain. If you've been looking at the news in Philadelphia, we are under the scourge of gun violence. Add to that hit and run, uh, add to that carjacking. There have been over 700 carjackings in the city of Philadelphia since January. There are over 1,500 shootings, people being shot in the city of Philadelphia, and several of them, many of them have died. Um, we go to the places of pain where people have, who have lost their lives, and we pray for peace. We pray for God's intervention, God's interruption of what is going on. And there's some weekends, uh, particularly on Sunday, when we wake up and we pray during that previous week, that there would be no gun violence. We wake up to three dead, 12 shots. And sometimes we wonder, what are we praying? We're praying because God answers prayer. We're praying because he is faithful. We're praying not so much the end of gun violence as the end of violence totally around our nation. It comes in many forms, and in the cities, since the pandemic, it has been gun violence. We pray for the stop of selling of guns. We pray for laws to change, not to take guns away from people, but to take the opportunity for ghost guns and other guns being sold to 15- and 14-year-olds on the streets of Philadelphia, and we're still trying to wonder where they're getting the money from to buy the guns. But we pray about all that. We pray that God reveals and uh, takes the covers off of those who are committing the crime. We pray that they do stupid things like drop their guns with their fingerprints all over it, which happened uh, recently in the gun violence that broke out on South Street. Um, and we pray for those things. Along with that, I also work with uh, and collaborate with and network with churches in the city around um, the issues of unity in the body of Christ in the city of Philadelphia. Now, that is a, uh, a struggle. Well, we got some strongholds to tear down, and we've been tearing them down in prayer. Some of the strongholds is, we can do this by ourselves. We don't need help. 
some of the strong strongholds are we've been closed for almost two years and we don't know how to get our members back. Some of the strongholds are we don't know if we can financially make real, real things. But the unity of the body of Christ and the bond of peace cannot be compared to those things. Unity is what's going to get us the transforming power we need to change what's going on in the streets of Philadelphia. So I work with that, and that is what you are supporting. That is what you are financing. That is what you are praying about, the things that I'm doing in the city. And the other thing that I'm working on that is the toughest thing is mentoring young adults, particularly millennial <laughs> I have to chase them down. They don't like calling personally. They like texts. And I don't like texts. Um, chasing them and all that. So I'm going to chase them until I catch them. But uh, I, I have some that I talk to, I listen to and all. And so I mentor them on the side. You know, they don't know they're being mentored. Just know that they're talking to and I've been in ministry a long time. I've been doing ministry since the 1970s. And in that time, the world has changed. And I have changed. And what I'm bringing to you this morning is what I went through early this year. And it says a lot to me because... Where are we in this place of racial healing and racial reconciliation? Where do we stand? What's going on? Is it, are we at a standstill? Are we talking to each other? Are we even trying to love each other? I call it racial healing, not so much reconciliation. We can't get to the reconciliation until we get to the healing. We need to be healed of misconception. We need to be healed of arguments that waste time. We need to be healed of incidents and situations and events that we've gone through that has colored how we look at the term racial reconciliation. And I was taken back to a scripture that was given to me some years ago when I started out doing this kind of ministry. And that is found in Philippians, the third chapter. Now I'm going to be concentrating on the verses 7 to 10. But I want to tell you what happened early this year. And it, it, it was a difficult difficult time. I came face to face with this scripture of Philippians 3. And it was as if the Lord was saying, you need to review this because I think you are far off from what this scripture is saying. And I, I knew what he was asking. It was a, another level of death. 
And I knew what the death, I knew what was coming. And I didn't want to go through it. That was the struggle. I stayed in the garden of enemy for a long time. Long time wrestling. And if you can, let this cup pass. If you can. It got to the point that I had to go back to one of my favorite musicals. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, right here. You can hear me? I don't need to hold it. All right. So, Ted Neely, you got to look on YouTube. I love YouTube. Besides, I love Netflix. So <laughs> Prime is trash. But anyway. Um, Ted Neely is in Gethsemane. He looks at the disciples, and they're all asleep. And he sings, couldn't you just last with me for an hour? And he is Jesus all alone. Now, Jesus Christ Superstar, the importance of it at the time in the 70s, and the time of revival going on among youth in the country, and a lot of stuff happened. Um, spiritually, and not only along with that, the God is dead movement, and all of those things were going on, and they come out with this rock and roll opera called Jesus Christ Superstar, mainly looking at Jesus' humanity, and I identified with these words, I'm not as sure as when we got started. I was inspired, now I'm tired. Why am I scared to finish what I started? What you started? I didn't start it. And those words became real to me. I played that song every day for weeks. And it got to a place that it was bothering me. So I knew who I was fighting. I was fighting God. And I was telling God, not this. I was saying, not my will, not your will, my will. That's what I wanted. I did not want to die on that cross. I did not want to give up what God was asking. I knew what he was asking. It was a deeper death if we're going to talk about racial healing or reconciliation. If I was going to talk, if I was going to do this work, I needed to die. You don't want to hear that. <laughs> That's a hard word. I needed to die. But I looked at this and I said, God, not my will. Yours be done. But I needed help. I called three of my sisters, and I said, you got to meet me on the phone. I need to talk. And I talked, and I stumbled, and I stuttered, and I got it out. 
and they loved on me and they supported me and because they are in the same fight I'm in in racial healing and reconciliation and they knew what I was talking about. And I had one young lady, African-American, who said to me, thank you. Our generation needs to hear the things we need to die to and we need to let go of. And I thank you for letting us know where you are. I, I was still singing Ted Neely's song. I was inspired, but now I'm tired. I was tired. I was weary. Scripture says, do not get weary in well-doing. But I was weary and I was tired and the fight was hard and people were complaining and people were talking about how they felt and all the feelings and the emotions and all, and I didn't want any of it. And so not my will, God, your will be done. And I came to the scripture that the Lord had given me a long time ago. Remember in the verses, actually three to six, where Paul says in Philippians, the third chapter, he says, if anyone has a reason to uh, be, you know, know, so supportive in their flesh doing things, I have it more. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is the law, I was blameless. Paul gave his religious and racial pedigree as in doing it in the external and in in the flesh. And he says at the end, "I, I kept the law blameless. I was a Pharisee. I was a strict adherence to it. Now, how did I identify? I was doing the right thing. I was trying to bring groups together. I was talking to people from other ethnicities. I was having meetings, and we were pulling together, and we were talking, and we were sharing, and we were getting to the place where we could not only agree, but had similar experiences. I was doing the work. I was proud of myself. I was out there. But then I get to the seventh verse, what Paul is saying. He said, I did all that in the flesh. I was a tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe, yet we had the first king come out of that. Seventh verse. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. You know, it's one thing to do work around racial reconciliation and racial healing, but it's another thing when you leave Christ out. So you can do the work without Christ. I left Christ out of the work. And I had not counted all these things lost. Why? Because I had to learn how to be proud of my own ethnicity. 
I had to learn how to put aside the pains, the hurts, the struggles, the discrimination, the brutality. I had to learn how to put that aside in order to love you. But somewhere along the line, I did it without Christ. Paul says, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ, for the purpose of Christ, for the gold of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake. I had stopped that. Knowing him, I had it, but I didn't. I needed to count things as lost, all that I had gained, all that I had done, all that I had been, all that I had struggled through. I needed to count that as lost, not only as lost, but Paul says, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Now, I'm going to get to what I had to count as loss. Don't worry about that. That I may gain Christ. I forgot the aim of racial reconciliation, of peacemaking, not peacekeeping, but peacemaking. I, I forgot. The purpose is Christ. The gold is Christ. And he must remain paramount and first in whatever I do. And being found in him, not having the righteousness of my own that comes from the law or comes from social engagement, that comes from my ethnicity, that comes from my history, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Now, the Reformed people would say to you, this is justification. <laughs> the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him. Not on an external level, but on a deep intimate relationship with Jesus where he is first always. That he dictates and leads in how racial healing and reconciliation should happen. He was asking me to change my language. He was asking me to change my focus. He was asking me to die. Change my language. You know how when you're with your buddy, your friend, you talk one way, but then when Someone else or some of someone 
how you talk to your friends and your buddy. Jesus said, no more. Needs to change. You can't side with your people and speak one way and then expect with others to speak another way. Your language must remain singular, saturated in who I am in you. I had to die. I had to change my approach. I had to change how I love. It wasn't love for one person was different than love for another. It was Christ's love. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but I, the faith I have in the Son of God, I live not in the flesh any longer, but by the faith in Christ Jesus, who's in me. No longer I, no longer how Sherry wants to do it, no longer how Sherry wants to speak or reach out, no longer it is how Christ in me wants to do through me what only he can do because I can't change hearts. I can't change mindsets. It is only Christ in me, through me, in spite of me, uh, many of times who can do that. They can change hearts and mindsets. I wanted to win people over. Christ wants to transform them. I want to make sure they like me. Christ says, no, they are to worship and love me. And so it had to, it's not, the focus is not me. The focus is not the ability, even the wisdom, even the knowledge that God gave me to use in this place. The focus has to always be on the surpassing worth of Jesus Christ. Why can't we move past this thing in this country? It is because we have not made Christ first and paramount. Do I love you because you are the people that support what I do? And do I love you is because Christ in me loves you through me. And only that would be the most pure way of loving you. Christ has to become first in this discussion, in this situation, in this sin, because he died for the sin 
of racism in this country. He died for the sin of racial hatred in this country. And not just this country, it is a worldwide situation. It is not something just American. You will find it in every country, in every continent. It is sin. And I didn't die for it. It's because he died that I die is because he lived, I live. And because he lives in me, that is my phone. <laughs> because, because he lives in me, I can die to the racial discrimination and brutality. I can die to those things that hold me up and, and become the discussion with other African Americans or other ethnicities that have gone through similar situations and we can shrug shoulders and clap hands and agree. And God says, no more. That is not the language that I'm teaching you. If we sit with him in heavenly places, then what should come out of our mouths? What should come out of our lives that we are, being, we are living with him in heavenly places? And therefore, what should be demonstrated is heaven. Not my will, but yours be done. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if my focus is not from there where Christ is, if my focus is not from what Christ has done inside of us, if my focus is on wanting to feel a part of my culture, and not be ostracized or, have you gone crazy? <laughs> you lost your mind? Don't you know what has been done to us? If I wallow in that, then I put Christ aside and he is not first in my life. I died to I die to wanting to feel loved and not, and not rejected. I die to that so that Christ may be seen in me. That's a struggle I went through early this year. <laughs> Sorry I don't have the words, but here's the song I picked up. How many have seen The Greatest Show? What's your favorite song? Come on, come on. What's your favorite song? Say it again. Rewrite the stars. Oh, yeah. Who else? Somebody. Bingo. 
This is me. Like I played Ted Neely, I played This Is Me for weeks until I got tired of it. <laughs> but this is me. This is who I am. This is who Christ is making. The struggle is over. I picked up my cross. Daily dying to self. And follow him. And in doing that, God is glorified. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus Christ. And we pray that we would have this mind in us, which was also in Christ Jesus taking on the form of a servant, even dying for us, taking our place. And we hear his words, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, follow me. May we do that. And may we come to the place of dying daily so that you would be lifted up and you would draw all men unto yourself and that the Father would receive the glory for all that he has done in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, God. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.